Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, February 26th, 2020. The Hawks faced off against the St. Louis Blues last night in St. Louis and lost the game 6-5. It was a hell of a game. It was an exciting game. But when the dust cleared, which is something I'd like to say probably too much, uh, the Blackhawks were on the losing end. We'll break down the game. We'll discuss the pluses and minuses. And we've got some drama with Robin Leonard and John Dietz of the Daily Herald. We're going to go back to the tape. We're going to go to the forensics and break it all down. Oh, I love the post-trade deadline drama. It's so fun. It's so fun to just hang on every nuanced word and comment and every little thing. Oh, boy, oh, boy, is it fun. Whew. I also spoke to a source about the Robin Leonard situation today who's got some insight on what Robin Leonard had to say yesterday. So that will be the last part of the show. First part of the show will be us breaking down the Blackhawks game. But first, remember, tomorrow's show, Talk Back Thursday. Get those questions in, 708-653-0572. I want lots of voicemails. I'm tired of talking. I'm tired of my own voice. I want your voice on here, 708-653-0572. You can always record a voice memo and email it to LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. It sounds splendid. I love it. You send me a question. You will get on Locked on Blackhawks. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. My personal account at jzawaski670. And the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast at MadhousePod. <sighs> so, oh, real quick. I'm in a goofy mood. Sorry. I'm a little slap happy. I'm a little tired. Deal with it. It's, it's hockey. It's supposed to be fun. We can't be miserable 24-7. Uh, next week, I'm in Arizona with 670 the score for spring training. Uh, I'm not quite sure what next week is going to look like as far as Lockdown Blackhawks goes. Um, it might be difficult for me to get one out every day. I'm going to do my best. They play Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, which is absolutely a disaster for me uh, timing-wise. But I promise you I will do my best. But there may be days in there where there's not a lockdown Blackhawks. Another possibility would to do would be to do an extended mailbag. So maybe I would ask you again to send questions this weekend. I can maybe put something together uh, in my free time. I could carry over a couple episodes to fill some space on lockdown Blackhawks. But just know next me- next week might be a little bit wacky as far as things go. Um podcast wise speaking of wacky did you watch the hawks game last night <laughs> that was something the hawks lose six five six total goals are scored in the third period the blackhawks who are now without power play specialist eric gustafson go three for four on the power play their penalty kill goes only two for four Duncan Keith scores is the 100th goal of his career, but it felt like a lifetime ago when he scored that goal because it was so early in the third, in the second, in the let's try that for the third time in the first period. The Hawks were down one nothing in this game, 33 seconds in. At one point in the uh, third period, the Blues scored two goals in 16 seconds. It was a wild night. It was on a national broadcast. Uh, and before I, you know, start to flip over tables and burn buildings down because the Hawks lost the game, that game was entertaining as hell. It really could have gone either way. Um, 
of course, there's a lot of things that the Hawks could have been better at, and I'll get into those things, obviously. But if this is what it's going to look like for the rest of the year, if every game is just a 6-5 or 5-4, whatever, race to the finish, sign me up. If this team's not going to make the playoffs at least be entertaining, and uh, those playoff hopes are slip-sliding away, not that they were ever really there in the first place, but now the Blackhawks are eight points out of a playoff spot, and uh, they've got some big-time work to do if they're going to even get close. But Calgary won, uh, you know, Winnipeg is – so Calgary's got 72 points, Nashville's got 70, Winnipeg's got 70, Arizona's got 70, Minnesota 67, then the Hawks are at 62. They are falling out of this thing, as we all expected they would. And, uh, man, but this game – Let's talk about it. Despite giving up six goals, did anyone else think Corey Crawford was pretty damn good in that game? The one goal that I kind of questioned at the time was the Sanford goal because it looked soft at the moment. But what you saw was a really slick toe drag right in front of the defenseman and just sneaks it past Corey Crawford. Corey Crawford made several, several really difficult saves in this game, including a bunch in the third period to keep the Hawks within sniffing distance of the Blues. But man, that was that was one hell of a game. I'm sorry, I'm not going to get... I, I've spent enough of this week pissed off. I know you're probably pissed off because they lost too, but, but damn. That was a fun game, and sometimes you just lose. And that's kind of what happened in that game. Once again, though, I will say they came out flat. They were not ready to play, and this has been... A trend very much lately. That puck dropped and the Blues were all over the Blackhawks. All over them. And it was a matter of time until they scored that first goal. And it only took 33 seconds. Connor Murphy and Nick Sealer out there. 30 seconds into the game, they're minus one. And there were a lot of moments last night where the St. Louis Blues were just splitting or blowing past the Hawks' defense. I saw Oli Madigat walked a couple times. I saw... Connor Murphy gets split a bunch of times. The, one, the couple defensemen I thought played pretty well. I think Boquist had a pretty solid defensive game. Duncan Keith, for the most part, was effective. But holy cow, there were a lot of Hawks defensemen just getting pantsed in this game. The pairings now without Eric Gustafson, and of course with Duncan Keith, these things are always fluid, but it was uh, Connor Murphy and Nick Sealer to start. Boquist and Mata paired together. And then Seabrook and Cuckoo, not Seabrook, holy moly, Duncan Keith and Cuckoo paired together. Those two, Cuckoo and Keith, finished number one and two in possession for the Blackhawks, 53.85% for Cuckoo, 52.38% for Keith. They were the only two Blackhawks over 50% in possession. DeBrinckit, Kampf, and Strom were were 47, 47, and 45, respectively the worst player on the Hawks possession-wise. Olimata, 33.33. Jonathan Taze and Drake Kajula had the same numbers there. So not a super strong night possession-wise for the Hawks. But look, it was an entertaining game. The Hawks, yes, they ended up losing. uh, But I'll take it, right? Wouldn't you rather have games like that? Isn't that a little more exciting than 2-1 to boring, you know, sloppy games? I'll take, let's put it this way. If the Hawks are going to lose anyway, give me a 6-5 loss over a uh, 2-1 loss any day. Any day. I'll take that every time. No question about it.
Oh, it's getting close for me. How about for you, too? This spring, follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. Amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. All 10 stadiums are in Greater Phoenix within 50 miles. Baseball games are over. Check out amazing restaurants and bars nearby. Enjoy live music from local and national artists. Explore museums featuring everything from Native heritage to modern art to musical instruments from around the world. Hit the road and explore Arizona's urban centers, ghost towns, artsy communities, and quirky outposts. Check off must-see destinations from your bucket list, like the Grand Canyon, Monument Valley, Horseshoe Bend, and Tucson. Family-friendly resorts and hotels offer plenty of fun for kids of all ages, from water parks to horseback rides to games and activities. Plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com springtraining. That's visitarizona.com slash springtraining. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Hawks lose 6-5 to the St. Louis Blues, still looking for that elusive second regulation win in the month of February. Will it come? They've got the Lightning on Thursday and a last chance at the Florida Panthers on Saturday. Lots of drama, lots of drama building to see if the Hawks can get that second regulation win for the month. Sarcasm is high. All right, it is time for the pluses and minuses of this game. Let's start, as we always do, with the pluses. First plus for me comes to Duncan Keith, 100th goal in the National Hockey League. It was a long time coming, but happy to see him get that uh, absolute Blackhawks legend. Look at the ice time tonight, 27.42 of ice time for Duncan Keith last night. Just a solid effort from him. I told you already he was second on the team in possession numbers along with Slater Cuckoo. So really solid game for Duncan Keith. Four shots on goal. Three more attempts were blocked. Or uh, Yeah, three more attempts were blocked for Duncan Keith. He blocked two shots of his own. So a really solid game for him. Want to give another special gold star to Kirby Doc, who is just finally... Not finally, that's unfair, but is consistently now starting to use his speed and his size on all ends of the ice. We are seeing the development before our very eyes. He has been really good lately. He had one assist last night, two shots on goal, and 14-19 of ice time. Still had that moment where he has a beautiful drive on the net and then makes two extra moves to take away a scoring chance. Dude, get in. The first move, the second move are really sweet to get you in there, but put the puck on net. You're not going to deke four or five times when you're within two feet of the goalie. It's not going to work, not in the NHL, but he will learn eventually, hopefully, that that's not going to work. But, man, you saw him controlling the puck often, skating around, deking defenders out of the way. Along the boards, he was controlling the puck, using his body to keep defenders away. Now you're starting to see why Kirby Doc was the number three overall pick for the Chicago Blackhawks. He is really starting to assert himself. You can see the confidence he's playing with. And as I just mentioned, he's learning what works and what doesn't. And that's, you know, the last thing to come for these guys is typically the scoring. Those are the last sort of things to fall in place is the point, the point production. 
That's on the way for him, too, if he keeps playing like he played last night in St. Louis. Loved, loved, loved Kirby Doc's game uh, last night in St. Louis. Another plus has to go to the power play. Three for four without the great Eric Gustafson? Is that possible? I didn't know that was a thing that could happen. But, yeah, the Blackhawks were terrific on the power play early on. Three goals on five power play shots, but you could see they were getting those shots on goal. They were working. Even the ones that didn't get through, they were aggressive. They were getting the puck on or towards the net. I really like that. Another little thing I noticed during the power play, with Gustafson gone, Olimata was on that unit with Adam Boquist, and there was a moment during the game where Boquist was directing traffic, telling Mata where to go. It's a little thing. And maybe in the long run of things, it doesn't mean much, but it shows you that Adam Boquist knows where everyone is supposed to be on the power play, what everyone's role is. And he's helping a two-time Stanley Cup champion find his way on the power play. That, to me, is a really good sign. We've talked a lot this year about young defensemen sort of floundering, trying to find themselves, uh, playing as sort of, you know, like the metaphor of like a duck looks calm on the surface, but is constantly kicking its feet under the surface. That's what, how a lot of young defensemen were described. That's how a lot of people described Henry Okaharu to me last year, that he was just barely hanging on. Uh, believe that if you want to. I don't know if I do anymore, but it's what I was told by people I trust. But you're not seeing that from Bogus right now. Yes, he had a bad streak a couple weeks ago, uh, but he started to turn it around again, and I really liked what he was showing, A, defensively last night, and B, directing traffic, directing his teammates on the power play, it's a little thing, but it matters. It definitely, definitely matters. I want to give another plus to Brandon Saad, who continues to be one of the Hawks' most effective players. Six shots on goal. He had a goal himself. Really strong game from him. Dominic Kublik had a pair of assists. Only one shot on goal. Dylan Strome, by the way, the assist on the Saad goal. Really heady play. Takes the puck behind the net on a pass from Kirby Dock. Starts to go around the net, changes his direction, centers at the sod. Sod makes no mistake. A really nice goal, power play goal. And, uh, yeah, the offensively, I thought the Hawks were pretty solid. But defensively, well, you know what? Let's get to the minuses. Far too often, I saw Blackhawks defensemen getting split by St. Louis Blues skaters or blown past altogether. Olimata, who I mentioned earlier, not a very strong game for him. I saw his lack of speed getting victimized uh, repeatedly. Last night, he finished minus two, no shots on goal, uh, two block shots. Uh, he delivered one hit, but not a very strong game for Olimata. That The issue with his game has always been his speed, and the St. Louis Blues were taking advantage of that, but you saw it happen to Connor Murphy. You saw it happen to Nick Sealer a couple times. Um the Hawks' defense core is not the fastest in the NHL by any stretch. Aside from Keith and Boquist, there's not much speed on the unit at all, which is, leads me to my next minus. What didn't Jeremy Cowton like about Lucas Carlson's game the other day? He got one of my pluses after the Dallas game, was confident with the puck, strong on the puck, heads-up skater, good puck mover, what did Nick Sealer have to do? Why did he have to get back in the lineup? I don't understand that. 
And Cowton before the game was like, well, you know, we want to give uh, Carlson just a, a breather. He played one game. A breather from what? If he's here, play him. If, if Lucas Carlson's here, he should be playing. That's what the rest of the season should be about. As the Hawks fall more and more out of playoff contention, get these young players playing. Put them in positions to learn and to grow. Having him, having Carlson out and Sealer in accomplishes nothing. And I know Nick Sealer is not an old guy by any means, and the Hawks still see some potential in him, but I think we probably know what Nick Sealer is by now. Carlson should be in every game. And if he's not going to be in every game, he should be down in Rockford playing. He It accomplishes nothing to have Lucas Carlson up in the press box. It's Lockdown Blackhawks. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Do you know that yet? Have I said that enough over the 103 episodes of Lockdown Blackhawks? Look, you tell me that I'm required to say certain things at certain times of the podcast. And my friend, I am going to say it. You will hear it from me repeatedly. So I'm sorry if you're sick of it, but bad habits die hard, I guess you say, right? All right, so I teased before the game, before the podcast rather, started <sighs> some drama around Robin Leonard. And I'm sure if you are on Twitter, you've been following this and keeping up with it. And there is a whole bunch of stuff around this. So let me just get into it right away. As soon as the Blackhawks traded Robin Leonard, Mark Lazarus had a tweet that raised some eyebrows, and it definitely raised mine, and uh, it raised pretty much everyone who saw it. Here's what it said. Source, Robin Leonard offered to take a three-year contract extension for, quote, less money to stay with the Blackhawks, but never received such an offer. Okay, interesting. And if you listen to either of my podcasts from yesterday, you would know that I said, "Mm, this sounds like agents trying to spin some things around, right? That agents are, when things happen, a trade or whatever, there's always some things sort of communicated back and forth, you know, between agents and the press to try to spin a story a certain way. Okay, this morning. I talked to a source about that quote, and I said, what's the deal with this? You can't tell me, and like I said in yesterday's podcast, there's no way that Stan Bowman was was under the impression that Leonard would sign for three years and less money to stay here and just decline to do that, decline to take that opportunity. Because what was Stan Bowman expecting him to sign for, right? So I text a source, say, what's the deal on this thing? Okay. Source says three years is exactly what we were trying to give him. That's what the Blackhawks wanted to sign Robin Leonard for. So, okay, there's a disconnect there. Five hours ago, so this was at 5 p.m., 5.15 p.m. on Tuesday, John Dietz tweets out a story says, make sure to read the entire piece because the Q&A part is just Robin Leonard and I talking two days before he told us he wouldn't take a discount to stay with the Blackhawks. Again, it's obviously possible he could have changed his mind six weeks later. Robin Leonard responds to John Dietz's tweet and says, total lie. I said I wanted to be paid after you asked me if I would take less because of my history. 
easy for you guys to create your own narrative. It's done and over with, was willing to do short term. Money was never discussed. Life goes on. Enjoyed my time in Chicago. All right. John Dietz says, I don't see where the lie is. Question was if he was willing to take a slight discount in quotes because the Hawks took a chance on him. Robin and I talked it out after that and seemed to be good. It's a tough time of year for everyone. I'll just leave it at that. Leonard responds again. Well, you didn't see what was wrong when you asked me about being a Vezina finalist if I would take a discount for Chicago for taking a chance on me as well. All good. It's a society we live in. Ben Pope said my statistics should forgive my mental health issues. It's all good. So let's go back to the tape. We're going to do some CSI lockdown Blackhawks here. Let's go back to January when John Dietz and the assembled media asked Robin Leonard about returning to the Blackhawks next year. Are you willing to explore a contract extension in season, or is that something that's only going to happen offseason? No, I, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'll definitely be, be, uh, be open to it. Um, but, uh, yeah, let the, let the agents and Stan figure that out. Uh, uh, it's, it's a different summer this summer than, than last summer, you know. Uh, uh, me personally, uh, another year under my belt uh, in my new journey. Um, there's the market; it's quite open. A lot of teams done these goalies, um, and um, yeah, it's it's not that many goalies that are available this season. Uh, so I mean, we'll see what happens. But uh, all I know is I I really like it here. We'll we'll see. I just I've learned enough. Uh, this is a business and. Uh, no matter how good and how, how good things are going, how well you like it, sometimes it's not up to you and it's none of your control. But uh, I know where I stand, and I really like this team, and I I still really believe in this team uh, and the pieces this team has. Uh, would like to be a part of the the turnaround. Okay, now here's John Dietz's question. Do you consider giving the Hawks a slight discount because of your you know them taking a chance on you in the offseason and reaching out the way they did? Who? The Hawks. They took a chance on me. Well, I mean, they. they, they I was 93 percentage last year. Okay. Well, and 92 okay. in my career. What chance okay. did it take? Okay. Well, maybe bad question. Maybe just the, the fact that you signed here and, and do enjoy it here. Yeah, I choose to come here. They didn't. They didn't. Okay. So, no, I. Uh, uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, I've taken discounts my whole life, and I I don't want. Uh, I I'm not a guy to want to be overpaid either. I. I want to gain some respect that I think I deserve. And uh, we'll see if that happens or not. Uh, uh, We'll see what happens. So Robin Leonard is kind of right. He never did say, at least referring back, that he wouldn't take a discount. He said he's been taking them all his career and wants to be paid fairly. He also said he doesn't want to be overpaid. I know it's semantics, but... Yeah, Leonard didn't say like there's no chance I'm, I'll take less to stay here. He just wants to be paid fairly. He wants to be paid what he deserves. Ugh. So it's it's interesting. Whoever you choose to believe, uh, look, I think the Blackhawks would have been happy to have Robin Leonard back at three years. I can't imagine that they would think they were going to get him for any less than that. Uh, look, you you can disagree with the move Stan Bowman has made, and I said very strongly yesterday that I've agreed with most or disagree with most of his moves 
since what 2015 on for the most part but he's not an idiot he's not a stupid person there's no doubt about that so there's no way he was like I'm not going three years of course you are if you're having an honest conversation about a contract with Robin Leonard then three years has to be the minimum assumption there's no way he's signing for a year or two no way in hell and why should he he shouldn't as we were discussing this last week when we saw Elliot Friedman's report that term was the issue that indicated to me that Leonard wanted four or five or six years and the Hawks were like man nah, that might be a little too strong if it's true that Robin Leonard wanted three years and the Hawks didn't want to go there it's another reason to fire Stan Bowman but from what I'm told from my most trusted source in the organization three years is exactly what the Hawks wanted to sign Robin Leonard for this source has never lied to me before they have no reason to lie to me about it because they're not a public part of the franchise I think something somewhere signals got twisted and maybe it's Robin Leonard's agent wanting to hit the free agent market and not communicating things clearly between player and team there's a lot of things it could be but I refuse to believe the Blackhawks knew that three years was an option and we're just like nah hard pass not interested couple other news and notes from talking to a few sources uh, on the tail end of the trade deadline Hawks completely top to bottom sort of surprised by the lack of teams interested in acquiring Brandon Saad, especially with the fact that uh, Chris Kreider locked up a deal with the New York Rangers. He was thought to be the best available forward at the deadline and sort of last minute on Monday, the Rangers extend him, taking him off the market. To me and to a lot of people, Brandon Saad became suddenly a lot more attractive, but apparently the Hawks did not like uh, what they heard about Brandon Saad the offers they were getting, and they weren't getting as many as they expected to get. So probably wise in hanging on to him. He could still be moved before the draft. He could still be moved later in the summer or next season or whatever if they want to move him and if the uh, offers get better. The other thing I sort of was sniffing around about, what is a realistic number? What are we, what are we sort of thinking about with Dylan Strom? And the number I got was four, $4 million, which to me sounds low. And if you listen to the Madhouse podcast yesterday, I referenced uh, Stan Bowman constantly negotiating against no one but himself. And recall the story about when Richard Panic signed his second contract with the Blackhawks. If you remember, Richard Panic was out of hockey, before out of the NHL rather, when the Blackhawks brought him in. Had a really good season. And he was a restricted free agent, and the Hawks needed a new deal for him. Richard Panic, after signing the deal, said... The offer they made me was so good, I didn't even have to think about it. I just signed it right away. I was so happy to sign it. What? No. Richard Panic is a guy. For Stan Bowman to blow Richard Panic's socks off is an indictment. That's a guy you go to him and say, good season, but let's be realistic. You were out of the league last year. You had some pretty good puck luck going your way. How about a million? Two years, I think it was $2.8 million for Richard F. and Panic for two years. And, of course, they got to move on from him right away because it's too big of a cap hit for the player, and they trade him right away. Richard Panic could not wait to sign that contract.
These are the little things that Stan Bowman does that fall through the cracks that just pile up the evidence that he needs to be let go. We talked for years before Lockdown Blackhawks was even a thought in my mind about the extra million here, the no movement clause there, the extra 500K here that Stan Bowman gave everybody, everybody out of the kindness of his heart. And those obviously coming back to bite him in the ass. He's got guys that are too expensive, signed to too rich a deals with no movement clauses. I was a big fan of Marcus Kruger. I thought Marcus Kruger was one of the best fourth line penalty killing centers in the league in his heyday in Chicago. Stan Bowman paid Marcus Kruger $3 million a year to be a fourth line center. Think about that. $3 million a year from 2016 to 2019. In those seasons, Marcus Kruger scored 10 goals. So, yeah. Three million bucks for 10 goals. That's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Blackhawks. Remember, tomorrow is Talkback Thursday. Get those questions in. LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. 708-653-0572 is the voicemail number. Send me a voice memo as well. Just open that app on your phone, record the memo, email it to LockdownBlackHawks at gmail.com or send me a tweet at LO underscore Blackhawks. Should be a fun one. Can't wait to hear from you all. Thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.